What's up, everybody? How's it going this week? It is Cody Michael here, joined as always by Seth Ott. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We are back. We are socially constipated. This is Gridiron Grunts. We continue down our path to the season opener. This week is going to be our third installment of uh, the division previews. We're going to be talking about the NFC East, NFC Least, as uh, some some like to lovingly refer to it. So we're going to be talking about the Washington team, the Giants, Cowboys, and Eagles a little bit later on. A lot of headlines. Big, big, big news week here on the show. Some good news, uh, some bad news, some heartbreaking emotional news. Um, and you'll be surprised which headline I mean by each of those things. Uh, so... <laughs> We better uh, we better fire it up and get into it. Lots to talk about today, so let's go ahead and jump into our bathroom reading for the week. Sitting on toilet. Sitting on toilet. One of the big pieces of news that came out that was rumored before, but it sounds like we have a, a more clear confirmation of this, was related to the Packers and Aaron Rodgers situation. And I know we've talked this to death, everybody has, but um, <laughs> I thought this was an interesting piece because... It sounds like the, the offer, Seth, was a, a pretty nice one, and, and Rodgers said, nah, I'll pass. <laughs> no, no. Green Bay seemed like uh, they really wanted him in there. Yeah, they were going to apparently make him the highest paid quarterback in the league right now. And he turned it down, and I think, yeah, there, there was talks of that, rumors of that back earlier around the time that kind of the stuff came out about him not wanting to be in Green Bay anymore. But this is now confirmed by Adam Schefter, which how he knows this stuff, I have no idea, but... Yeah, so I think, you know, like you said, it's kind of, it's not really the newest news, but if anything, it, you know, kind of gives more credence to the thought of that. He's, it doesn't matter about money for him. It's about the situation. I think the one thing that I've been hearing, again, that's kind of new, that still makes me believe he's going to stay in Green Bay is that there's talks of like them coming to an agreement that he'll play one more season and that somehow either contractually or whatever, they will trade him at the end of this season. So if, if maybe if he knows going in, this is my last year, I don't really want to sit out, I'd like to make $20 million. If they can come to agreement somehow, then I think maybe that's probably the way it gets done. It remains to be seen what he really thinks about this because we haven't heard him talk about it. Yeah, I, I have an article that lays this out. It was going to be a two-year contract extension, and it would have put him, kept him on Green Bay for I think through 2024 or so something mm-hmm. like that so the if the if the question like you said Seth it wasn't money and it wasn't necessarily even the commitment to Rogers right like a lot of people thought oh it's Jordan Love showing up was the thing that upset him and maybe that's still the case I really don't think it is I think he knew he could beat fucking Jordan Love out for that job <laughs> And, uh, you know, obviously they were offering to get married, offering to get married and, and have Rogers finish out his career there. Yeah. I see what you're saying. I think if he can get a deal done that works for, that gets him what he wants at the end of the season and, uh, gets him out there, maybe for me, this, and I suspected this the whole time. I don't know if this is fixable. I I mean, it's, I would love to see him out there, but I mostly want him to get what he wants. And if this, I'm not saying that the money, because he didn't take the money, it's, it's over. I think it's the extension part for me because he was wanting at one point wanting a commitment they wouldn't give it to him and now they offered and he said pass so either it was just too little too late for him or he wants to keep playing but not for these guys and I don't think anything's going to change that at this point and he's not really backed into any corners here 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, they could fuck him if they want to, but I don't think they probably, I feel like he's got the upper hand here. I don't know. This probably doesn't move the dial really for me, but I've never been optimistic, at least for the last couple of months about him coming back. I I, I still don't see it happen. I'll believe it when I see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm along there with you, but I, if I were to, if I were to have to put a bet down, like I said, I think it's on him playing the season. I wonder if they could do a deal though, like if they were to sign a contract where maybe they take years off, because he still does have two more years currently on his contract with them. Like, what if he made a deal where they not only made him the highest paid quarterback this season, but then they took off the the years so he becomes a free agent. So instead of, like, guaranteeing a trade, maybe he comes to an agreement being like, no, I don't want to, if I'm going to play uh, and you're not going to do anything else to help me, then I'm you are going to change my contract to I'm a free agent this year. And that's it. We're done one year. And that's it. I wonder if they could do that, like take years off. I would be interested to see that. that he, his agent would win agent of the century if he was able to pull that off. Um, <laughs> it could be interesting. I don't know their cap situation. So I don't know how much more they can pay him this season. Maybe they could do a signing bonus or, you know, really crank it mm-hmm. up with the, the incentives or something. Maybe I, that would maybe be the thing, I think. If you could tell him you're donezo, free and clear after this. Yeah. That I could maybe see. I could see that as as a reason for him to at least give it another look. But they would look so that, dumb if they did that, though. Like they would look really dumb because, like, as it stands right now, they could get a king's ransom for him if they were to trade him. But they don't want to do that. Actually, probably not right now. They probably probably could have got a king's ransom for him two months ago uh, when this stuff came out. But you know, if, if they were to sign that type of deal, uh, they would lose any opportunity of getting any money back, and so. Or not money back, but um, value back for it. So they would be really dumb, but it would probably be the only way to get Rodgers back on the field if it was guaranteed his last year. That's true. Yeah. And then, you know, tell me if that happens. I mean, get the guys who did the last dance to go up to Green Bay and fucking film it. If that's, if they know. <laughs> and that's going to happen anyway, right? Like if either way, if he suits oh, back yeah. up, we know it's his last season. Yep. I don't know. I, it, they're going to have to get creative, I think is what this tells me is it's not, you know, you can't just print money enough to get Rodgers in the building. They're going to have to give him, there's going to have, have to be some give and take probably on both sides. Rodgers, if he's going to play, it's not going to be the way he wants at this point. So <laughs> continues to get interesting and stay that way. But hopefully we get some, some meaningful info soon. Cause frankly, I don't think people want to hear us talk about it that much more. <laughs> <laughs> we will switch gears from Aaron Rodgers to another quarterback. People with brains would say a better quarterback, Tom <laughs> Brady who is the reigning Super Bowl MVP. There was a news story that came out, and I will be honest with you, I am pulling this up now because I don't actually believe it. And I'm going to make sure and pull something up here so that I can confirm this before I even read it. Okay, so cbssports.com. Apparently the news is Tom Brady during the 2020 season played the whole year with a torn MCL. And goes through and wins the Super Bowl. Now, mobility never was a strong suit of Brady's. Um, (laughs) They did block incredibly well, so he didn't really Mm -hmm. need to move that much. I'm sure if you went back and watched some tape, there maybe was evidence of this, but it's amazing to me, maybe even as much as the fact that he was able to play on it, the fact that nobody found out. That Mm -hmm. is A-plus secret keeping. Minicamp is in June was when it happened, and he just never admitted how serious uh, it was, he says. Does this make you more impressed by Brady, or was that even possible at this point? <laughs> Do you know, did it say what leg it was? I don't see, it's not here. 
But if it's his back leg, then it's a bitch to push off of. And if it's his front leg, then dropping back's a bitch. So, I mean, I don't know that there's a better answer. I mean, you wouldn't want it to be a right leg, I imagine, would be the worst. <laughs> um, right. Because then he also had an issue, too. Or not issue, but he uh, missed an entire season for his uh, one of his legs. So, like an ACL. I think that was an ACL. I know MCL is not quite as, like, important when it comes to the ligaments. But, yeah, that's still... I mean, still impressively, he said, not just with, you know, him playing on it, but people not knowing about it and potentially, like, aiming for his leg, which definitely is, in the NFL, could definitely see people doing. So, Brady's the GOAT, and, I th- you know, his legend continues with, with more and more that comes out about him. 44 years old on half of a, uh, on half of a, one a knee, goes for 4,600 yards, 40 touchdowns, and only 12 interceptions. There's a lot of younger, more fit quarterbacks that are a lot worse than that. So Brady's still mm-hmm. doing his thing deep into his, his 40s. I love seeing it, man. It just adds to the legend. You know, you got fucking, maybe it's his flu game. His Jordan flu game is the Super Bowl. And so he goes and beats Mahomes on half a leg. It's insane. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm sure he found ways to mitigate it. And he's got his crazy ass TB12 stuff that, you know, he probably had some cream you rubbed on it. And, you know, it <laughs> was stronger. Maybe he had one of those Batman, the Dark Knight Rises things that he just put a knee brace on. And he could kick <laughs> through a brick wall. TB12 doing it again, man. I love it. Let's go out to the West Coast. We got some troubling news last week. And I think maybe a little more cause for optimism this week than than right away. This came out right after we recorded last week, so we missed it on last week's show. But Hall of Famer, I think, uh, Richard Sherman, mm-hmm. who most recently has played on the San Francisco 49ers uh, previously, was on the Legion of Boom up in Seattle. A pretty scary situation. It sounds like police were called for a domestic violence issue, and uh, at one point... Sherman was heard on the phone saying that he might be committing suicide. So it sounds like there was a pretty serious break there for him. From what I understand, some of this stuff has not necessarily been walked back, but his uh, his wife stated or said that she wasn't quite as threatened as the initial reports maybe said, but was more concerned about his well-being. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you've heard anything late, late more lately than I have, Seth. But uh, pretty scary situation last week for, I think, one of the NFL's good dudes. By all accounts, like, yeah, great guy, locker room leader, smart guy, all that stuff. Played at Harvard, so, you know, he's got a good uh, had good education, too. Oh, Stanford. Same thing, yeah. Still, you know, they're, they're a great school, too. So, so yeah, I mean, uh, definitely uh, scary. And my, he came out with a statement, um, I think, two days later, because he had to basically spend 20, I think the law there is like he has to spend, he had to spend like 24 hours in jail. And then, so the next day after that, he released a statement and said that he's been going through some tough times and he's seeking help and all that. So that's the biggest thing that he's seeking help. And, and hopefully this is something that um, he can, you know, it's a tough situation, but he can lead by example and, and show that, you know, people can get help and he can come out, come out on the other side and continue to be an ambassador and all that stuff. So, you know, hopefully he gets all his help, all the help that he can get and maybe resume his playing days if that's what he wants to do. Yeah, I think you're right. He's, we talked about this a little bit last week and, you know, you talk about all time smart guy, all time, you know, mouth, (laughs) as I say, and he has always been a champion and, and kind of, um, an example of, of coming out of tough situations and becoming, you know, what he became. So I, I don't doubt that if he's putting his mind to it, that he will um, be able to recover. I don't know about playing again. I don't know if that's a goal of his or not, but I think what is for sure is he'll provide a good example for other guys on how to handle some of this stuff. And he's always been a dude to give back. So watch out for Sherman to 
once he gets himself in order, try to figure out ways to help out other guys, players or not, who are going through some of this stuff. So fortunately, no one was hurt in this incident. I don't know whether or not there's going to be formal charges filed on him or, or not. But um, wishing the best to Sherman and the family. Tough, tough spot out there, but if anyone can handle it, it's that guy. Would be, would be quite, a, quite a loss, I think, to be missing him this season. But of course, uh, some things are more important. So hope Sherman gets what he needs out there. Another guy who seems to be getting what he needs, uh, we've been talking about him a couple times uh, as we've worked through free agency news on this show, Melvin Ingram, most recently on the LA Chargers stud pass rusher. We were actually surprised when we realized he was a free agent a couple weeks ago. He's got a new home, and I think 31 teams went, oh, fuck them, because he (laughs) he signs with the Pittsburgh Steelers. We already have an incredible pass rush that includes T.J. Watt, who, if you're an idiot, you thought should have been the defensive player of the year last year. <laughs> so Ingram joins an already very good defense in a tough division when we'll cover in a few weeks here. Pittsburgh defense, what do you think, Seth? Does this, does this push them way up the board toward the top of your list? Is it, is it not an effect? What do you think of the signing here? I wouldn't say it pushes them. I'd say it probably keeps them where they were the same. Last year, um, still very, very good defense. They lost Bud Dupree, and so that's a, I think he's better than Ingram. But Ingram's a great, pat, like you said, pass rusher. But Dupree is like an overall just great defensive player where Ingram is bit, a bit more of a pass uh, rushing specialist, especially now at his older age. But that's going to add a lot for, again, their pass rush in general um, and kind of help fill that hole that Dupree leaving you know, left. I think the Steelers defense is still going to be the the heart of that team. That you know, the, that offense is very inconsistent. The offensive line is bad, so I think they're going to need their the, the defense to continue to play very well to keep them in games. And yes, they went twelve and zero last year, but for what something happened and they fell off really hard. <laughs> and so I don't know if it was their teams figure them out or what it was, but the defense still played pretty well through that. Those, those roughs, that rough stretch, it was their offense couldn't put up points. So I think they're probably going to be in more of that this year and having Ingram there to, to help help with the pressure is a good move for that defense. Totally agree. Uh, it's a one year, $4 million contract. So he's kind of on that veteran, um, Mm-hmm. That veteran mercenary stage of his career, like uh, in Dominican yep. Sue and, and JPP and some of these other guys that are all finding their way down to Tampa. So he'll get a chance to make some more money next year if he plays well. So good to see that. I'm reading a little article here that uh, is talking about his decision to join the Steelers. And he said it was a lot of Mike Tomlin. Uh, you know, he said he's a, he's a yeah. player's coach. He's involved. He likes the way uh, likes the way he operates and you've heard that from a lot of guys I think yeah. a lot of criticism of Tomlin at, at times letting Juju be on TikTok and shit like that but the players like <laughs> playing for him and uh, they seem to get charged up never had a looting, losing season in his career in Pittsburgh so um, pretty impressive that he was able to bring in Ingram we'll see what that defense can do man the worst decision the Vikings ever made was uh, letting that guy go <laughs> <laughs> well that and signing Kirk Cousins but we don't have time for that <laughs> Our last piece of news here for our bathroom reading is is very, very sad news. Nah, that's not the one I want. Mummy. That's the one I want. (laughs) We got news out of LA that uh, second year running back and probable uh, offensive player of the year is going to miss the season, tore his ACL in training camp this morning. So that puts for for right now. Little wuss. Tom Brady well, played the whole year on his off with a torn MCL. It was also Achilles, by the way. With what did I, did I say? ACL. Yeah. 
yeah, sorry, Achilles. So he probably had his uh, his calf is up around his knees. So I don't want to hear anything about Brady being tougher. Um, reports <laughs> reports are indicating that he was setting a world record squat when it happened. No, that's not true. I don't uh, actually know what happened. A lot of these things are non-contact or whatever. But um, yeah, you know, you see these Achilles injuries sometimes, and I think a lot of them lately are are driven just by the fucking strength of these guys. Like, yep. li- you can't make ligaments stronger. So mm-hmm. you know, sometimes these muscles will just pull the shit apart. Big blow, obviously, to the Rams, and you know there were high hopes for Acres going into his second season. So we'll see what happens with him. Obviously, wishing him a speedy recovery. As I said, the Rams' offense taking uh, taking a hit there. And if you're wondering whether or not I'm going to change my Super Bowl pick, I will just let you know that I am doubling down on my <laughs> Super Bowl pick because the Rams will overcome and win for Cam. That's going to be the hashtag this season. Darrell Henderson, who played very well last season as part of the running back group there in L.A., he's the current starter, moves up on the bench. They've got a rookie that they just drafted, who I imagine will be the next string behind. A lot of talk today, Seth, around the sports world about whether or not the Rams need to add a piece uh, to replace Akers in that backfield. There's a handful of free agent names that are out there. I don't necessarily see a trade happening for the Rams, but we do have here uh, a list of some of the free agent running backs that are available out there. Some of them, I think, uh, pretty exciting. So we'll take a look here at some of the names here. So here are a handful of the names of players that are out there. One of them, Chris Thompson. He's actually most recently been on Jacksonville, but more importantly, he was on the Washington football team. And he actually overlapped with Sean McVay there. Thompson is one of those out-of-the-backfield guys, kind of a spell. He was a tandem at one point with Alfred Morris, who was also out there. He's more of a big bruiser type of running back. We've a uh, similar vein as Johnson, or, or as uh, Thompson is Duke Johnson. I really like the idea of Duke Johnson. He's, he's a tough runner, had some success on Cleveland, uh, most recently playing for Houston. Again, another one of those guys that can catch it out of the backfield. Doesn't bring you a ton of size, so I, I'm wondering about the fit in the backfield there. But Johnson is one of the really good young and cheap options uh, that the Rams could go out to. One of my favorites on this list is Frank Gore who, yes, is still alive and still uh, out there. I, for me, this would be be one of my favorite pickups because (laughs) I used to watch Gore absolutely fuck up the Rams' defense when he was playing on the Niners, and it would be such a cool, cool for me, not for defenses, a full circle moment for Gore to come in there. And I think he fits it. I think, you know, he can run it in the tackles. They don't need – I think Henderson can be the home run back and Mm – if Gore can get you, you know, 12 carries between the tackles, I think that's a good fit. A couple other names out there, LaShawn McCoy, who is trying to get out of Kansas City. Would be interesting to see him out there. If there's a resurgence to be had for McCoy, it's in L.A. So um, we'll see about Shady. And then, did I get, that is Shady, yes. Uh, Le'Veon Bell yeah. is the other name. Uh, I always get those two guys mixed up. Bell was most recently, I believe, on the Jets. Kind of fucked himself out of a huge deal in Pittsburgh. So again, another one of those guys, a little bit younger, I believe, than McCoy. But if he is going to have a resurgence, LA would be the spot. So those are some of the some of the options that are out there. I like some better than others. I like none as much as this one, Seth. Your fucking guy all day, Adrian yep. Peterson, Same is here. a free agent right now. He is impossibly cheap. 
He has still got it all physically. He has not missed a game due to injury in like five years. I think for my money, he is the most perfect fit for this Rams yep. team right now. He is He's huge. He will plow guys over. He will draw people into the box so Stafford can throw over. He can spell well with Henderson. He's still got speed. He's still got strength. He's healthy. I, even besides the fact that it's Adrian Peterson and I want to watch him score a touchdown on your Vikings, um, I... He's already done that. ...was incredibly excited when I saw that he was on the list. Is he actually the best fit? I don't know. I, I think a guy like, uh, like Bell or McCoy could maybe pop there. But yeah, what, what do you think? Who, who, some of these names popping out to you besides Peterson, or is he the obvious choice for you? No, I think Peterson's the best choice, and this isn't just because I'm a, I'm a fan of his. There are a few reasons why. I think with Bell, he doesn't fit there at all. His running style is was fit for one team and one team only, and that's the Steelers uh, when he played there. Proved it behind. He proved it behind the line, and with the Jets, proved it behind the line for his year in Kansas City. He doesn't have it, and he only had it behind an. A, fantastic offensive line with the Steelers. McCoy is five years too old to be playing in the NFL. Peterson still last year at age 36 averaged almost four yards a carry, had seven touchdowns. The last two years over that prior to that averaged over four yards a carry and had 12 touchdowns over those two years. He's getting, he's actually improved with his receiving over this time, which he won't really need to do. I think Henderson can, can do that, but I think that's what you just mentioned is is Henderson. He's a little bit he's a little bit smaller of a back. He's a little bit quicker home run guy. Peterson is between the between the tackles. He's gonna he's gonna be the guy that's gonna be the short yardage and goal line guy. I think they complement each other perfectly. To be in, to be mm-hmm. honest, I think the way Sean McVay has always done it, other than when he had Todd Gurley, who at the time when he had Todd Gurley, he was the best running back. He was the most explosive, and he could do everything. He and they paid him a shitload of money. They they had to use him. But other than that, in his time, like you just mentioned, in Washington, he's always enjoyed two backs. He's enjoyed those those two different styles, the, the pass catcher, the quick guy, and the bruiser. I think that plus Peterson played with Stafford last year. They know each other. It's a familiarity. I think Peterson is the perfect fit for the Rams. Fantasy wise, no. I mean, you don't. <laughs> if they sign Peterson, you don't want either of those guys. But if if they for for the for that team, I think Adrian Peterson is a perfect fit. And he he just said recently, like he still wants to play, and he want he the thing he wants more than anything is to win a ring. And I think that's this is this would be the best opportunity unless he were to go to Tampa and be the fourth stringer there. This is the best opportunity for him to not only play and play a, a pretty good amount, but also potentially win a championship. Yeah. It, it seems just perfect if you're Peterson. You know what I mean? Like, and you don't, nobody's, you know, let's make sure this gets mentioned. Nobody's rooting for people to get injured, right? Nobody, nobody thinks it's right. cool that Cam Akers is not going to play. And this is, a, this is, a, this is undoubtedly a worse team because Cam Akers is not going to be there. Nobody disagrees. But for a guy like Peterson, this is a hell of an opportunity, as you said. If they're not calling him, he should be fucking calling them. Um, Mm -hmm. And some of these other guys would be similar. I would also love Frank Gore for similar reasons. I think Peterson gives you a little bit more home run potential. I don't mind some of these other Duke Johnson. You know, I don't think he adds maybe quite as much variety uh, getting away from Henderson. they're too small and similar to what Henderson is. I think exactly the only way the only way they go is is a little bit bigger back like that. I think the other thing I've heard too with the Rams is that they could potentially wait until we get into camp and guys get cut and we see who's on the waiver and then whoever's on the waiver maybe they'd pick and choose from there and I think that's probably the play. They don't need to hurry up and sign Peterson or whoever because 
there hasn't been interest to this point. There hasn't been any other running backs that go that have gone down. If there are maybe you know one or two of the like mid to um, top names that go down at running back, then they might have to hurry and hurry up and scoop up Peterson. But for now, wait and see who's available on the market and and go from there. Yeah, these veteran guys, I don't need them at camp. I mean, you know, point at oh, a hole and tell especially me Peterson. Through. So yeah, they they know what they're doing. So just call him, tell him to get in shape, and wait by the phone. Like that's that's what I think. Him. Gore. There was a lot of talk this morning, a lot of Rams buzz about Todd Gurley, who was a free agent. I believe yeah, he's agreed to terms happen. now. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think they could get him back there for any amount of money. But I think he's agreed to terms, maybe not officially yet, with Baltimore. So it sounds like uh, Gurley is going to be coming Ugh. off the list. Let me let me ask you what you think of this, Seth. Um, I think this may fit into the not quite a fit as a spell to Henderson piece. I, I saw something this morning that suggested the Rams make a trade for Philip Lindsay who was he in Houston? He's hmm. somewhere bad. Yeah. Would you like yeah. that? He's he's younger, I think a little yeah. more upside even though he's he's not such a contrast to Henderson like we've been talking about. I do like Philip Lindsay. I think uh they could get him for the for pretty cheap too. Yeah, I I think that would be interesting. He I, he's he's actually more of a bruiser than you think. He carried the majority of the workload in in Denver until Mel, um uh Mark What's Melvin Gordon. Gordon. <laughs> Melvin Gordon. You just have an intersection of like four names hit you at the same. Mel- that's yeah. <laughs> we said Melvin Ingram earlier too. So my and then I, there's a, I don't, there's just too many. Um, but no, because uh, there's Mark Ingram too. Yeah, <laughs> that 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 was the other one. But no, yeah, I think uh, I think that that could be an interesting interesting fit because yeah, he's used to he's used to the workload. He can he can catch the ball, but major the majority of his work is between the tackles so yeah i i think he would be uh i think he would be a good fit there i like peterson more just because i would like to see peterson play and <laughs> especially because the rams are going to be on prime time this year so it'd be fun a fun little hurrah thing for peterson but in terms of actual game and potentially even fantasy with phil Lindsay, i think that would be an interesting uh, spot for him definitely definitely i think the the veteran move you know, one year, two million for Peterson or some shit like that is going to be wiser because they're getting they're getting acres back and they still have him for a few seasons. So keep an eye out on the Rams. All of a sudden, very interesting uh, what happens in that backfield. I'm sure a lot of guys lining up because that's a team you want to be on right now. So we'll see who they bring over. I'm going to be stoked no matter who it is to see them running into SoFi in week one to beat the piss out of the Bears. A lot of news this week, so we're going to have a little bit quicker uh, division previews. Fortunately, we've got the NFC least to talk about, so maybe we won't need too much time because this division stinks. We're going to go through the teams of the NFC East, starting with the Washington football team, who, believe it or not, won this division last year. Uh, with like what is a seven nine record? Um, yeah, not not very impressive. But I think a lot of people would say, uh, myself included, Seth, that th- this is a team that's trending upward. They've got some good young talent. They've got the coach in there, Ron Rivera, who seems to fit their scheme really well and their personality really well. I think the addition of Chase Young last season, who was he had to have been Defensive Player of the Year I'd, or Rookie of the Year. I didn't look that up beforehand. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> They make a few moves. Uh, let's give. Let's do a quick rundown. They add, of course, Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback, one year, ten million. Uh, he was last seen on Miami before they brought in Tua, and we'll come back to him. But I'll run down a few names. Some of these are going to seem familiar to you. Lamar Miller was re-signed. Uh, looks like he was already on that team. I didn't know that's where he was, or even that he was still in the league. Adam Humphreys, good, okay. uh, pretty solid slot wide receiver. Uh, he joins as well as Curtis Samuel, who I think, was he on Panthers yeah. last year? Yep. 
He's a pretty yep. nice young talent. Uh, Ricky Seals Jones, a young tight end. Come on, that I Ricky. think is a, a, a nice pass catcher. A couple offensive linemen, including Brandon Scherf, who we know from the Iowa mm-hmm. Hawkeyes. Uh, really solid. He got franchise tagged, so they keep him around. But they got made a lot of moves around the offensive line. They sign William Jackson third, who I don't know who that is, but he signed a three-year, $40 million deal. And then a couple other defensive guys. And their kicker, Dustin Hopkins. He's actually one of the actual solid He's awesome. kickers. Yeah, one yeah. of the really solid kickers. Uh, $2.4 he's going to make this year, maybe more than Peterson. So, Seth, <laughs> for me, I I really like Washington this year. In, in, a, yeah. bad, in a bad NFC East, you know, we're going to talk about the Cowboys in just a bit, but I think what Washington brings defensively is just not matched at all in the NFC yeah. East. And you've got some good offenses, and we'll talk about them, but Washington will be tough again on defense. And then this offense kind of sounds low-key exciting. I mean, you talk about Ryan yeah. Fitzpatrick – getting another chance to start and see what he can do. How deep can he take a team? I don't think he's ever played a playoff game. This is, I think, maybe his best chance yet. Yeah. You got Terry McLaurin, who I know you're a big fan of on the outside. Scary Terry. And some pretty tough Antonio Gibson, who was a, a breakout rookie last season. I, don't look now, but to me, we'll get into what Vegas is expecting out of these guys. I, I think this potentially could be a very good team this year. What are you thinking? I totally agree. Um and, and one other player that uh, that kind of showed up last season that didn't get a ton of attention but is very solid is Logan Thomas, their tight end. Uh, mm-hmm. He he just he doesn't do anything amazing, but he's he's you know big, he's quick, uh, good route runner, good hands, just overall a solid piece. Um, adding so with him and then also adding uh, like you mentioned Curtis Samuel. I like Adam Humphreys. I forgot that he went there. Terry McLaurin, I think, with Ryan Fitzpatrick has a chance. To, to show that he is one of the best wide receivers in the league. I've, I've had him on my fantasy team the last couple of years, so I've paid more attention to him and watched more of his games. And he is very fun to watch. And is just, he's the type of guy that kind of seemed similar to Logan Thomas. Like, when you watch him, he he's not, you know, big and flashy like Julio Jones or, you know, not quick like Tyree Kill, but he's going to outrun most cornerbacks. He's going to have some of the surest hands you can see, and he runs really good routes. So... I think uh, I think he's gonna have a, a he's gonna have an opportunity to show how good he really is with an actual quarterback this year, and that's no slight against like Alex Smith who was playing for is you know what happened to him it was amazing what he what he was doing but Fitzpatrick has consistently year over year been someone who is just he he adds an an extra layer on top of like you know he's a backup quarterback or like a fill in quarterback but he still has that that spark or that fits magic that everyone says that. You know he can come out and win a game, but he's you know he can put the game on his back and and win the game, and that's not something a lot of like those type of quarterbacks can do. And he's just gonna go out there and sling it. So I really like Washington this year too. Not to mention, like you said, their defense is awesome. Chase Young is gonna dominate again. William Jackson is a really solid corner, and that's something they were missing was the pass protection. So adding that in there too. It's going to be a they're, they're going to be a tough team. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people even outside of the NFC East. Yeah, I would agree with you entirely. This is a solid roster and I love Fitzpatrick. Like if nothing else, I'm going to watch a bunch of Washington. Like yep. this is a sexy fun team. You talk about McLaurin, get this guy on your fantasy team now. Like I'm trying. This is uh that is a guy even last year the quarterback carousel that they had was was performing really well. I like this team a lot and we will I think get to see Plenty of them. They return all their coaches as well. Uh, Rivera, Scott Turner, and Jack Del Rio, all the coordinators. So um, yep. 
possibly the most well-rounded team in the NFC East, and I don't think that's probably even possible. I think it's <laughs> certainly they are. <laughs> yeah. Talking about how good Fitzpatrick we think he's going to be and how, how much he's going to sling it, I just pulled up, uh, and we'll kind of go into our, our betting quick, but uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he has uh, there's a prop bet for most regular season passing yards. They have it for every starting quarterback, quarterback. And Fitzpatrick is at plus thirty seven hundred, which I think is a really good value because he's a he's a type of guy that I think with again him and McLaurin, but also Curtis Samuel, who's a guy he can dump it off to short or do some shovel passes and break one for sixty yards. You know, so he he's got a lot of speed and weapons on that team for them to actually hit for hit for him to potentially lead the league in passing. I don't think that's outside of the realm of possibility with with Fitzpatrick. So as long as he's healthy. And his uh, his cast of characters there are healthy. I think that actually could hit at plus thirty seven hundred. I like that bet. It, you know, people people don't realize this. It's never the best quarterback in the league that leads in yards. Mm-hmm. Never. Mm-hmm. And so I I think you're right. I think Fitzpatrick is one of those types of guys. And I love the uh, I love the uh, the the odds there. You can make big money off of that. You can also make pretty big money on the Super Bowl odds. For Washington, it's plus five thousand for Washington to win the Super Bowl, which to me is enough. Like so that you bet fifty bucks, you'll win twenty five hundred. So you know, really big payout. I love this team to make the playoffs, and if you get in the playoffs with some of these guys, especially the young talent that they have, who knows? I think it would be in the category of a flyer. But if you're a Washington fan, I feel like this is the best chance you've had in two decades to bet the Super Bowl before the season starts. <laughs> So I like Washington plus 5,000, and we talked about this before we started, Seth, so I know you do too. Yeah, I think that's a really good bet. I mean, do I think they'll actually win the Super Bowl? No, but that's a good good value because I think they're a team that if some things fall the right way, they could they could be a they could be like the Giants the years they beat the Patriots where they kind of just hang around, they're, they're around even for the season, have a really solid defense, offense that comes on at the end of the year. Plus, I didn't even mention before, Antonio Gibson, I think, is a guy – that talking about fantasy you draft him i think he's going to outperform wherever you draft him at short of the first round i think he's going to be really really good this year so, you know so if they get the running game going fitzpatrick is a you know a guy who can come on clutch and win some games kind of like eli was back with those teams and just make the throws when they need to i think they could do it i could see it i could see it don't forget they were they were within a score of beating uh tampa yeah last year with t- taylor heineke with Heineke, yeah, which was such a fun story, but I don't think anybody thinks he's going to beat out Fitz for that job. So let's not even spend no. time on that. But no. uh, this is a team that got better. They, you know, they made their way to the playoffs. Sure, they were seven and nine last year, but they absolutely got better. And that is why Seth, I love this next bet, and I would imagine you do too. We have Washington regular season wins. The over under is eight point five. If it was seven point five, I'd be absolutely crushing this bet. But I mm-hmm. still really like it at eight point five. You're getting plus one hundred. Mm-hmm. On the odds, you're under 8.5 is minus 120. I like this yeah. team to win this division. Uh, now, will that take nine wins? Who knows? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> but don't forget, it's a 17 game season. I like Washington yep. to go for 10, 11 wins. You know, if they're if they're 10 and seven, I think that's enough to win the East. And and I think that's being conservative because I'm pretty excited about this team. Yeah, I think I I think this is one that I would uh, you know if we're putting it on the board, <laughs> we can I I think we could put this one up there because of the value at it uh, over eight and a half wins is plus 100 so you're getting even money um on this one so i think this is a good bet to do in terms of the value it is 
kind of right on that line for me though and for their wins <laughs> you know they're, they're a team that I, I think if I were to say like how if you were to ask me like right now how many how many wins do you think they have I would say nine like that would honestly be what I think <laughs> that mm. that they're they're going to end up at is nine and nine and eight. I still think they're a very good team and nine and eight. You know, you're you know we just talked about how the, I think we think they could potentially win the Super Bowl, but the years that that Eli won the Super Bowl, they were at five hundred or like one game above. So that's the type of team I'm saying. Like if you were to put that money down, could they win the Super Bowl? They have enough pieces to do it. Do I think it's likely? And do I think they win a bunch of their games? Probably not. But I mean. That's a good bet, and and more more more. I think I believe in them more to win nine games than I don't. I think you're getting at least four wins in the East, and that's conservative. Yeah. Uh, it is a tough schedule. Yeah. Don't forget they did win that division, so they they have to play some yep. tough teams. So that's to throw a little bit of cold water on me on my own bet. But uh, I still like Washington. I think they're going to shock a couple of tough teams, and then you know beat up on a couple of bad ones. So unfortunately we do have a couple other teams to talk about uh in this division so we gotta move on from washington but i think we'll be talking about them a lot this season so keep an eye out so we like the super bowl bet and we like the over uh eight and a half wins for washington and we move on to last year's second place finisher in the east the new york giants i think the biggest move that the giants made this year was waiting for saquon barkley to get healthy uh, because (laughs) he is coming back this season obviously very excited to see him come back they sign uh they make some relatively low-key signings like uh, Devontae booker two-year deal mike glennon is brought in to back up daniel jones but they do have some other, I think, really interesting signings. Get a load of these skill mm-hmm. players that they added, Seth. Uh, Kenny Galladay, who was, I think, a pretty nicely sought-after wide receiver from coming out of Detroit number, last year. He was the number one wide receiver in free agency on, like, everyone's list. I think this one was a surprise. Yeah, they, they nailed him. And they also get John Ross, who no one was watching but was sneaky good. Uh, definitely a fucking speed guy. They bring in also Kelvin Benjamin, who I used to like watching on Carolina. But instead of a wide receiver, he's <laughs> a tight end now. Uh, Yeah, in 2012. (laughs) Kelvin Benjamin, he is over there as a tight end now. It'll be interesting to see how they use him. And he joins the same tight end room. Speaking of 2012, joins the same room as Kyle (laughs) Rudolph, a former Vike. So I know you like him. So it's a new look offense for these Giants who just got absolutely brutalized by injury last year. But if you Mm -hmm. ask me, you know, you've got enough talent on this offense. Uh, They had already, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I feel like they had a good offensive line last year if not for some injuries i know historically it's been awful mm. but better than usual last year yeah they bring back barkley who you know probably will be a pro bowler with daniel jones going into the last year of his contract i believe they can opt into a fifth the team can and this year we'll decide whether they do that it feels like his prove it year uh we've been talking about that for guys like baker and and some others i don't i feel like if jones can't can't win can't get to 500 with this team maybe it's time to move on is that what you're thinking too Yep, that's exactly it. I, I, they made a lot of these moves to help him and, you know, basically say like, hey, we went out and got the best guy to catch the ball in free agency. We got one of the most sure-handed guys in the NFL, Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph. You still have Evan Ingram, who's one of the, he's basically a wide receiver playing tight end. I know he's still, you know, like Darius Slayton, who's been a really, really solid wide receiver for the, for them and kind of really the only consistent guy for them. Um, over the last uh, couple years, but still have uh, Sterling Shepard there, I believe. So that offense actually could be really good. They drafted um, Kadarius Tony, I believe, who is a uh, wide receiver from Florida. Fast, fast guy. 
if that's if I remember them, that's who they drafted. Yes, that's right. Yep, I you see. nailed it. All right, boom. Very fast. Uh, a lot of people said they probably overdrafted for him, but the Giants are kind of going for that speed on offense. They're trying to make that offense a little bit more dynamic. Like you said, it, I, I I totally agree with you. This is this is Daniel Jones' year. He's coming back. He's going to be healthy. That there's there's so many weapons for him to to throw to. That defense played better than I think what a lot of people think towards the end of last season. Barkley, there's there's kind of talk of him still not potentially getting a full workload or may potentially not even playing until October. And so I know there's those pictures and videos uh, that came out, but they're, the the team said that they're not going to bring him back till he's 100%, and there's a potential October could be when he's fully returned. So that could be interesting, but they have enough weapons on offense that I think they'll be okay. They're, they're a team that I think, with no excuses, I, I don't think Daniel Jones is really the guy. I you know I've seen him play a fair amount, and I I just... I, there's there's been sparks but he's he tends to kind of like pull down and run more than he does throw it seems mm-hmm. like <laughs> you know he gets a little nervous in the pocket so I, this could be this could i i if i were to lean i would say this is probably the year where they say okay we gotta cl- you know clean house a little bit and maybe move on from daniel jones and the coach as well yeah i think you're right that was my last point too was the coach joe judge he this is his chance, I think, to show his stuff as well. They bring back the whole coaching staff, so Joe Judge, Jason Garrett, Patrick Graham on the defense. So watch out for the Giants. I don't know. Yeah, it's going to hang on Jones, and I don't have as much confidence as him in him as I do some other quarterbacks. So we'll see. I think for the Super Bowl, you're looking at some steep odds, 6,500 6, for the Giants to win the Super Bowl. I don't see this team getting there with Daniel Jones. And the win totals are a tricky one for me, Seth. Interested to hear your yeah. opinion on this one. Right at seven games. So, again, you don't get the yeah. half. Over seven is uh, minus 125, which I hate that. But I don't necessarily want to take the under, uh, which is at plus 105 <laughs> either. I, I don't feel like I'm betting this one. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I wouldn't touch this one either. If, if I were to if I were to bet on it, if you, had, you know, said you have to put money down, I would do the under at plus 105 just because it's a better value there. And it's I think that's right on the line. I honestly think this team could be 7-10 and 10 by the end of the season. So I think their offense is good enough for them to win games if, if Daniel Jones has time and can get the ball to these playmakers that he has because he does have some pretty awesome playmakers on that team. But it's just, can he do it? Is he good enough? So... Seven is right where probably I would put it. Yep. Same here. We'll see about the Giants. They're a team that could, maybe they'll surprise us. I'm open to being surprised um, by the Giants. So let's go on to Dallas. I think the biggest news, of course, from their free agency is they signed Dak Prescott to a big-ass contract. He got exactly what he was hoping for, uh, especially coming off of that brutal injury that he had. I've not heard what the timetable is for him, Seth. Do you know are we expecting him week one? That's been my thinking, but I haven't seen anything to the contrary. I believe I believe they are. All all accounts is he's gonna be ready to to go right away. So that's what's up. So Dak, uh great to see him get the contract and this is his team. Uh they add a few other free agents, Jeremy Sprinkle, who's a tight end. Uh, <laughs> they get a couple defensive ends, a couple linebackers in there, corners. Every single yeah, one of their three out of their like 14 free agent acquisitions were on defense, which is exactly what this team needed to do. Yep. They are totally stacked on offense. And there was rumors that they were going to um, take a skill player in the first round <laughs> of the draft too, but they somehow yeah, managed um... 
Jerry was uh, was able to contain himself, and they took a linebacker who I know they're really excited about from Penn State, Micah yep. Parsons. So maybe he's ready to take football seriously and not just keep taking the fastest guy. <laughs> yeah, they they were there was talks that they were going to trade back up and get Kyle Pitts, which would have been really interesting. <laughs> yeah, that would have been that would have been wild. So they spent a lot of time, a lot of money on their defense. Their first one, two, three, four, five, six. Their first six draft picks were on the offensive side or the defensive, excuse me, side of the ball. So this is a this is a roster that looks awesome. You got Dak, mm-hmm. Zeke is in the backfield. We'll see whether he bounces back this year after a little bit of a slow year. Their wide receiving room is insane. Amari Cooper, Michael yeah. Gallup, C. D. Lamb, and they've got uh, Blake Jarwin is back as the starting tight end in addition to Sprinkle, who we mentioned a second ago. There are still remnants of that a- a- amazing offensive line for a few years ago, so they'll still be solid if not great. The defense is the question mark here. They've got some old, expensive, mediocre players. So we will see if these young, cheap guys can uh, supplement them and keep them in the mix. You know, Seth, I think when we think about Dallas, you know, second year for Mike McCarthy, the jury I think is still out on him as, a, as far as a coaching decision. Dallas is so confusing to me. They're only plus 3,000 on the Super Bowl, which to me seems dumb. I'm not betting that. Yeah. Because um, uh-uh. I, I don't think they go deep. They have a over-under is set at 9.5, so you're seeing if they can get to 10 wins. Minus 110 is the odds on that. Also minus 10 on the under. So Vegas doesn't know what to do with these guys either. My thing with Dallas is I feel like they're a six-win team, but I feel like they could be a 14-win team. Some, like, that's just how Dallas is, right? <laughs> right. Like, what do you think is more right. likely? I actually like some of the moves they made in free agency. Keanu Neal, I think, is a very, very good move. He uh, was one of the few players that was still really good on the on the Falcons and so he just didn't want to go back there so I think getting him is big and Micah Parsons is a lot of people have I mean he was I believe he was the first linebacker taken and I remember hearing during some of the coverage I was watching and leading up to the draft that he could have been a top five guy if it wasn't for like the quarterbacks and things like that so him and and Neil could be a really really interesting linebacking duo uh, in the middle there so you know do they have a lot of other holes yes but I think that defense is going to be better than it was last year, and I don't think that's um, particularly hard for them to do. The offense, if Dak is healthy, while they, you know, they were what one and four until he got hurt, yeah. which isn't great, but they lost all those games by like a last second touchdown <laughs> or a field goal. They were they were all very very close. And so that I think that goes more towards the defense because the offense was scoring like fucking thirty five or forty points a game during that stretch. It was insane. Yeah. It was ins- yeah. And if they if they had any sort of defense during that time, they would have been they would have been uh, potentially winning those games. So, like you like you said, they're a team that could suck. And especially if they have some injuries, that offensive line, like you mentioned, was hurt last year. They they were they I think at that core that you mentioned that at one time was the best in the game. They only had one guy left, and from that team because the rest of them all were hurt pretty much. So that'll be interesting if they're healthy. Uh, I could see a big bounce back for Zeke and hopefully protection for Dak if if you're a Cowboys fan. So they're probably one of the hardest teams to judge because they have the talent to be, like you said, a 14-win team, but they also are a couple injuries away from being a four-win team. So in terms of the over-under, like you mentioned, nine and a half, I would probably lean towards them. And it's tough because I I like Washington more than I like them, but I would lean towards the over nine and a half because I think if they're a team that if if 
again, if things fall right, they could be pretty explosive and, and fun to watch and could beat, beat some pretty good. T- they could they could hang with some of the best offenses like potentially Green Bay if Rodgers is there or, or Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, and we might see that. That's the week one game. The, the opening game is Cowboys and, and Bucks. That could be fun if everything falls the right way. So I would lean towards the nine and a half, but that the the uh, odds on that are minus 110 for over under. So I wouldn't touch it either way because that's just bad value for both. Mm-hmm. Definitely excited for Dak to get to show his stuff. We'll see if Zeke bounces back, but a lot, I mean, there's going to be a lot of attention in Dallas this year. We just heard that they're going to be the subject of hard knocks, which I am incredibly, yeah. I love hard knocks, man. That'll be fun. So cannot wait to watch that. And so we'll see if Dallas can return to the top of the NFC East where they've been for most of our, our football watching lives. We will wrap up this division, unfortunately, by talking Quickly about Philly. Quickly with this terrible team. Yeah, and I promise we won't spend long on Philly. Um, Fuck Philly. I think, huh, where to start? Um, Jalen Hurts is going to be the starter because they got rid of Carson Wentz. Um, mm-hmm. That was big news, of course. They were able to get that trade done. They do add Joe Flacco, presumably to back up Hurts, as well as Nick Mullins. So they've got an incredibly mediocre quarterback room. They did claim Karrion Johnson, uh, who had, last I remember was on Detroit. Yep. Um, they also get Richard Rodgers at tight end. They do get Ryan Kerrigan. Uh, he's a vet formerly, I believe, with Washington, who's been a solid player in the past, but I think is aging. Yeah. Um, yep. So Old. a cu- couple of interesting signings. If we turn to the draft, I think the, the splash play here was they took number 10, Devontae Smith from Alabama, who's a speed demon. They want to pair him with Jalen Hurts on that offense they get a, a corner or sorry a center center from alabama landon dickerson in the second round um and then you know some guys after that i they replaced the entire coaching staff uh nick sirianni who was indianapolis's offensive coordinator last year is the uh, head coach shane steichen who was the chargers offensive coordinator last year and then they also actually they got the offensive and defensive coordinators from indianapolis uh jonathan <laughs> gannon joins uh sirianni there i the eagles are just so Were they part of the trade for wentz they might have been <laughs> yeah you can have an entire coaching staff uh, <laughs> and a water boy in exchange for carson wentz organizationally inept they they've got yeah. some talent but it's so disjoint like, you got Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, Travis Fulgham. Some of these guys, Greg Ward, uh, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Some of these guys are, are, are nice pieces, but not – they're going to need to ask a lot too much of these yeah. guys. Uh, it reminds me of the Patriots uh, uh, wide receiving core last year. Dallas Goddard, Jack, mm-hmm. Zach Ertz are back, but – Zach Ertz still might be on his way out, too. He's on the trading block. I, they would be wise, I think, to, to deal him and get, yep. some, get something back. The defense again has some guys, but they're going to be bad probably again, and they're going to mm-hmm. they're going to be asked too much of. So, I this is already too much time spent on Philly. I think they're going to be racing to the bottom with Houston, and both of those yep. teams are going to be thinking about what quarterback they should draft going into next season. I I completely understand there. I like Devontae Smith. You talk about you know young players in that offense. Seeing what I saw out of him at Alabama, he could be a superstar. But he's on the Eagles, and he's his quarterback didn't he could I don't think he completed more than 50% of his passes last year um, when he was when he was starting. He's going to be, I'll tell you right now, he's going to be an awesome fantasy player because he, what he's awesome at is running. He can run very well, and that's what a lot of teams do. But you've missed the other thing now. Like, almost, to be successful in the NFL, I think you have to have some level of mobility now with your quarterbacks unless you're Tom Brady or Ben, ben Roethlisberger. But 
the the other thing is the thing that the quarterbacks have now done who are mobile is they've learned how to throw and they've been better at throwing. And so even look at Josh Josh Allen in, in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Yep. The thing he did first was run. That's how he was successful first. But he grew into a, a, a thrower. Can Jalen Hurts do that? I don't know. But from what I've seen, Josh Allen in his first year at quarterback was a by far and away better thrower than what I saw out of Jalen Hurts last year. So, you know, maybe he's successful. Maybe they play well. And he has two first-round wide receivers playing uh, in, in Rager and um, uh, Smith. He's got Miles Sanders is a very solid running back. Uh, Jordan Howard is back there. Carryon Johnson is there. I think they have one other running back there. Uh, Byron Scott or whatever his fucking name is. <laughs> Boston um, Scott. Boston Scott. Yeah. Byron Scott's an co- uh, NBA coach. That team is bad. Uh, they signed Anthony Harris from the Vikings, who was the worst franchise ch- tag that the Vikings had the year before. It was awful after having one year of success. So that's not going to help them, and I think they overpaid for him. Yeah. Not good. Uh, this team is going to be terrible. Um, over-unders, you want to go to their, their season yeah. quick? Let's go to the bet, because I actually don't mind one of these bets. You're not betting this team to win the Super Bowl. Fuck you. Uh, the no. over-under is set at 6.5, minus 140 for them to go over, but you can get plus 120 for yeah. under. And I like them to win four or five or six games, Seth. So if I'm betting this, it's the under. Yeah, I agree with that one. Uh, plus 120 is a, is a good value on it. So I, I would bet, I would especially because, like, Again, there's there's just nothing that Hurts has showed that leads me to believe he can he can help a team win. I mean, the fuck happened at the end of last season? I know that was the 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 coaching decision with Peterson, but that was ugly. That that whole organization until probably Hurts is out and the whole like taste of the Wentz situation is out of their mouths, they're gonna be a dumpster. And I think they're <laughs> under six and a half is probably pretty likely. Four eleven and one last year, and you'd have yeah. a hard time convincing me they're better. So, yeah, Eagles are gonna stink this year. You can take that to the bank and get yourself uh, get yourself some plus one twenty on that under is our recommendation. Seth, interesting here, but I'm gonna give I'm gonna say Washington and Dallas are going to be very close at the end of this season. I like one of them to win this division and then the Giants to trail and Philly to get the second overall pick. Uh, what do you think of that order? And if I just said Washington or Dallas, uh, who you like to win the division? I would go Washington. I think I'd go Washington, Dallas, Giants in a pretty decent-sized cluster. I, I would say probably Washington and Dallas. They're going to be a team at the end of the season fighting for that number one spot. Then I think the Giants will win more games than they probably should, just based off of some of the, maybe some of the shootouts they get into, and then bottom of the barrel by far, like you said, number two, number one pick. They're probably going to be battling with Houston for the last pick. That uh, would be the Eagles. Circle December twenty sixth on your calendar. Uh, Washington at the Cowboys. Ooh, uh, it's a Sunday fun. night football game. Should be good. You and I will be in Minnesota watching the Vikings Soda. get beat by my Rams, um, but we'll have to catch that one afterwards. So. There is your NFC East. I don't think your Super Bowl champ is coming from this uh, from this division. No. So, unless we put some money on Washington, then yeah, let's go fucking football team. I, I will be I will be digging uh, the football team this season. We will go on next week to the AFC East, and I can promise you a passionate rant about the quarterback moves made by the Jets. I've I've started this with Seth a couple uh-huh. of times, and I'm glad to finally put it on recording. So make sure you guys <laughs> come on back. I thought you wanted to, to rave about McCorkle in, in uh, New England, but... 
Oh, we're definitely going to talk McCorkle. Uh, don't don't, um, don't <laughs> make no mistake. We are going to be covering uh, McCorkle Jones um, when he comes back. <laughs> Cannot believe that's his thing. Uh, <laughs> we will wrap up our bathroom talk for the week right there. Taking a look at that NFC East. Sitting on a toilet. Now flush. All right, let's get these folks out of here. But first, one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. All right, America. I have one very simple fucking thing to say to you. Stop being stupid, okay? Get your goddamn shots and do what you got to do. Wear your mask, whatever the fuck it is. We just heard this last, last week that LA County is imposing mask restrictions again. If you are a football fan and you want to actually go to football games this season, fucking be smart. Get a shot wear your mask, do whatever. As I said to Seth, if I am not able to go watch the Rams this fall, I have no idea what's going to happen, but it will be ugly and it will be bad for a lot of people. And I, my lawyer tells me I should make sure and tell folks that I'm joking about that, but uh, (laughs) let's not have to think about that. If we actually want the full stadiums that Goodell has promised, be fucking smart about this virus thing uh, and don't fuck it up for everybody else. That's what I got. I agree. Totally uh, right along there with you. My one more thing is uh, we have a, a little bit more traction going on a potential fantasy league. The uh, He plays in a league with us, our very own Tyler Barreto, uh, hey. a.k.a. Boobs with a Z, <laughs> um, has, uh, has uh, been our first commit to the uh, socially constipated Gridiron Grunts Fantasy Football Championship of 2021. That's the full league name if we have Oof, one. We're going to have to get a big um, belt. <laughs> Again, if you want, if you want to be cool like Tyler and uh, you know take on boobs with a Z and whatever else we uh, have our team names as, come join us. There's gonna be again. I think we want to at the very minimum do probably 10, 10 people. Maybe we can do eight if uh, you know we we don't quite have enough, um, and then probably max twelve. So three of us in right now. Sign up. Let us know. Hit us up on Twitter, or the website, and uh, we will uh, we will get you signed up if we get enough people. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, welcome, TB. Hope to be able to get this thing together so that I can kick your ass in two leagues this year because... I am the queen. And there's no doubt about that. Join the Fantasy League and mask the fuck up so I can go to the Rams games. That's what we got for one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. Seth mentioned it a second ago. Sociallyconstipatedpod.com is the place to go for all of the links to our <laughs> socials all of our episodes, join the comment stream out there. Don't forget to join us in one week on July 28th, Wednesday night, 8 p.m. on the J Buck Studios YouTube page. At Jared Buckendall. We're going to be doing a live recording of the Entertainment Outhouse, so we hope you'll join us for that. Um, again, make sure you're keeping up with all of our social medias so that you can um, stay in the loop on what's going on. Don't forget also to go out to the website, join that mailing list so that you can be uh, on our list for the newsletters, which will be coming out very soon, which I've been saying for a month now. So with that, we are going to wrap up this week. Again, back next week with AFC East Talk and, of course, bringing you all the headlines from the NFL preseason. But for now, though, we wrap up this episode. Uh, That over there is Seth Ott. I am Cody Michael, and we'll see you next time. (laughs) 